Okay, boobadoobadoobadoo, this is STE001, uh, a.k.a. Uh, episode 13. 13 of Resurrections, Resurrections and Adam Warlock Podcast. Al, take over, it's your baby. My mic, but your baby, so that's why I was just like, I hit record and I just start gabbing. But. That's fine. Yes, this is episode 13 of Resurrections and Adam Warlock Podcast. I'm Al Sedano, and uh, I have co-host back again. I'm Brian Zeno, pleased to be back. Hi. Yes. And today we are going to be discussing the most recent book I will have discussed so far. Uh, yes, it, yes. It does not take, did not come out in the 60s or 70s. But it takes place in the kind of Marvel time then-ish. Backish. then <laughs> Yes. This is the Thanos Annual, which came out just a few months ago. Mm-hmm. It was released in May. And uh, I like to uh, I like to refer to it for reasons that shall become clear as we uh, talk about it over the next hour or so. Uh, I like to call it a Thanos Carol. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, the cover date of July 2014 came out on May 28th. If you decide you want to pick it up, it's a little bit of a couple bucks. It's four ninety nine, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, the only way to get it besides this is because it's obviously not old enough to be reprinted. Is uh-huh. digitally, like on Comicology, which mm-hmm. is also. Four ninety nine. Yes, that's how I. That's how uh, I got it. So. I know. I wish it. Had been, I thought it had gone down by now. I'm uh, frustrated. Sorry about that. Um, you know, it's probably just because it's so heavily involved. Like I, I get the. I get the impression that this ongoing Thanos project is one of Marvel's big irons in the fire, and also I think that they are. Uh, I, I don't know. I know there's some sort of ongoing drama with Jim Starlin and his relation on again off again relationship with Marvel. Uh, which uh, is starting to approach uh, Steve Gerber levels of oh, uh, of weirdness, but I guess my point is is that I also think that Marvel's sort of going out of its way to sort of keep him happy, maybe. So I'm uh, hoping. Um, but we, we we that that that's a completely separate thread of drama, separate from uh, what we're looking at here. So anyway, just to, uh, give credit where credit's due. The mm-hmm. writer is Jim Starlin. Mm-hmm. Penciler is Ron Lim. Mm-hmm. Inker Andy Smith. Colors Val Staples, letter of VCs Joe Caramagna. Caramagna, yeah, VC took me a while. I had to find out that's virtual calligraphy. Ah, that's what that stands for. And there's actually a couple of variant covers. The main one was by Dale Keown and no, is that what I'm looking at? Is that what I'm looking at here on my digital copy? I think uh, that's the Dale Keown one. That's this image of uh, Thanos, sort of ripped up and 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 clenching, and he looks for all the world like he's swearing vengeance on the reader, which is a little unsettling, if I'm being perfectly honest. That's Thanos. I can believe that. That's true. And then there's also two variant covers, one by Ron Lim, Andy Smith, and Brad Anderson. And that would be the one you're rocking there on your print copy? I don't remember. I thought I got Is it signed at all, or... uh... I thought I got the Starlin cover. Oh, that could be. That could be. Because there's another cover, which is Starlin, Al Milgram, and Brad Anderson. Ah, the old, uh, the old, uh, that's the old uh, Infinity Gauntlet art team, correct? No. No? No, the Infinity art team actually... No, that was Ron Lim, wasn't it? Yeah. The second half. Oh, okay. The first half was Perez. Right. Perez did the first three or four issues. Ron Lim finished off the series. Okay. Okay. But um, I know Starlin and Al Milgram has done a lot of stuff there before. I think th- I'm thinking maybe Al he's- Milgram might have been Starlin's inker in the '70s while he was still doing Captain Marvel and uh, uh, Warlock. Possibly. I, mean, I know he. Had, I know he worked with him a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they give you a little uh, the first page like a lot of Marvel books do now. Give mm-hmm. you a little background. So I'm just going to read that real quick. Cause Which was. Very useful for me, be, I think so. uh, which for reasons I will uh, discuss in a, in, in a short time. I figure it's a good. I like when they do this. It's a mm-hmm. nice little thing, and you don't have to worry about putting in the story. I am not caught up on my Thanos lore. I've been trying to read the Thanos 
saga from the beginning. So I've got lined up here on my Kindle Fire, all uh, ready to uh, read. I have the uh, Avengers vs. Thanos trade paperback, which collects all of basically that whole through line of story from the introduction of the Starlin vs. Mythos in Iron Man number 55 right up through uh, the final blow-off of that storyline in, I believe it was Marvel 2-in-1 Annual number 2. And uh, then after that, you have the rejuvenation of the storyline with the Silver Surfer and the Thanos quest and all leading up to the Infinity Mm -hmm. Gauntlet in 90 and 91. Um, And I wanted to go all through that so I could really just experience the the Starlin slash Thanos mythos storyline straight through from the beginning. Right now, I'm only up to uh, uh, Captain Marvel number 30, uh, which was the bit with... uh, I'm trying to remember now. It's been a while since I read it. Actually, that's not true. After Captain Marvel number 30, there was the issue of of Marvel 2-in-1 with The Thing and Iron Man fighting the Blood Brothers in the desert. Oh, okay. What that has... I just... That's only because Iron Man... It's included in the Avengers vs. Thanos annual only because it can, Iron Man is an Avenger and the Blood Brothers are Thanos' minions. Yes, because uh, they're, they're in the um, first appearance. It was really just a big punch em up Not terribly impactful to the uh, ongoing plot as a whole. It doesn't affect it. Whole. Just... Um, but yeah, so uh, so anyway, point is is that I'm not even caught up to where this goes. But uh, I so I was exceptionally grateful to them for including this page of synopsis. Yeah, so. well, that too for me because actually, just since we did yours real quick, I read the first appearance of Thanos in Iron Man Fifty Five because that which was, was the very last episode of uh, Resurrections. <laughs> but then he goes to from there to Captain Marvel. I have not read any of that Captain Marvel mm-hmm. ever. I know him then afterwards. After that, he goes into Adam Warlock's story, which I had read before. Okay. Through his death. So I've read that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I read some Silver Surfer back in the day when it came out, when he came back, mm-hmm. but not much of it. And really, I know him from Infinity Gauntlet on, with the exception of... Uh, the Infinity story that just came out last year from Marvel. The only uh, Infinity I was exposed to in that... Well, you have to, like... And that goes into just my how, how well do I know Thanos as a character. And it's like, right now, I've got the... Um, like, what I've experienced of his story from the intro up through Captain Marvel number 30. Um, and past that, all I really know about him is that he's this scowly big bad kind of figure that everybody in the Marvel Universe hates because apparently he got a hold of the Infinity Gauntlet and killed half the universe, but then that got undone, but everybody still holds it against him. And that He's a dick. And, and basically he has, the, he has this irrational, like, romantic love uh, for death, the yeah. personification of death. Yeah, like, he wants even, to woo her. It's not like a serial killer thing, like, oh, I love killing people. Right. No, he actually loves death herself. Right. Or itself. He loves... Right. So so that's pretty much all I know about him. Now, now just a brief aside, have we ever, to your knowledge, we got this backstory of he was born uh, as one of the titans of Titan, Saturn's moon titan. Yeah, he's one of these Son of Mentor... Uh, son, uh, brother of Eros, a.k.a. Star Fox, the, the rapist of the Avengers. <laughs> um, and uh, my, have we, now Mentor and Star Fox have pointy hair and otherwise human-looking faces. Have we ever gotten any explanation for why Thanos looks like a purple scroll? Maybe, because I haven't read, like I said, I haven't read everything of his either. And okay. one of the recent things which I haven't read yet was the Thanos Rising miniseries. Okay. Which was like an origin of Thanos. Oh, interesting. So interesting. I don't know why. Now I will say in the first appearance in Iron Man Fifty Five, they all look like that. They show them for a, they show them a little bit, and Mentor and Eros all look 
similar to him. Okay. So I guess maybe they're putting forth a theory, and this is pure speculation, and everyone who's actually read that stuff is just going to be sitting at home shaking their heads while they're listening to this. Uh, I, but I'm theorizing that they're putting forth a theory that maybe Mentor and Eros and the other Titans evolved past that, and Thanos didn't, which is why he's still such a prim- destructive, a.k.a. primitive yeah, being. That's, that's possible. Now... For out of story, for just why they did it purposes, like, you know, for publication reasons, mm-hmm. I'm going to assume either that when, you know, the other Titan, you know, people from the other Eternals from Titan were shown again, they forgot they were blue skinned. <laughs> that could be. That and, could be. But they already had shown Thanos a few more times as with the skin, so they figured, well, let's just leave him, just have him be the different from the others. And then we have to figure out later on why he's this way. Also, it might have been a copyright infringement thing, because if I remember the look of Mentor correctly especially the uh the look of mentor uh in the jim starlin early 70s years give him blue skin and now you're intruding dangerously on guardians of uh uh oa territory oh that's true so uh (laughs) anyway but but back to the thanos annual so i could digress endlessly here but But actually there's a good point to this the fact that neither one of us are 100 percent up on thanos where we have read everything yes so, but when you said to me, "Read the Thanos Annals," uh, Th- Thanos Annals, read the Thanos Annual, and you can uh, guest star on my podcast. Me being a ginormous podcasting horse, said, "Ooh, yes, I will do that. Thank you." So, <laughs> so it didn't matter That's that I wasn't up to date. I just jumped right in. Go well, for it. Between the two of us, after we read this, we'll be able to tell whether or not it's something you actually don't have to have everything read to know. And and yes, and I definitely have thoughts along those lines. But let's get through the issue first. Okay, and, uh, so here's the synopsis they give you. Yes. The Mad Titan, known as Thanos, is obsessed with two things, power and death, the former of which he uses to bring about the latter. In pursuit of these obsessions, Thanos gained control of the Infinity Gauntlet, a weapon of unimaginable power, which briefly made him the equivalent of a god. Ever since, his life has been intertwined with the Gauntlet and its gems in one way or another. Currently, Thanos is imprisoned on Earth, trapped in a living death by the very person he came there to kill. His son, Thane. Who I've never heard of before reading this synopsis page. Me either. From what I understand, he is from the Infinity crossover. Ah, okay. But it's only a matter of time before the Mad Titan is free once more. The following details a key moment in Thanos' life when he was faced with a future that may lead beyond death itself. And that key moment, as the uh, little caption box on the bottom of page one indicates, uh, this key moment uh, takes place... For one iteration of Thanos, uh, in the uh, during the conclusion of Captain Marvel number thirty-three, which, as I already mentioned, I haven't quite reached yet. So yeah, but that's basically Thanos's first big story. I mean, his first appearance was Iron Man fifty-five, but the Captain Marvel story was his first big yeah. Because even multi-issue, in the- Thanos was trying to take over everything, and we're all. Because even in the even in the in the in the Captain Marvels that I've read up through issue thirty, he's been a presence. He's been the villain of those issues, but he's pretty much just been your pretty stock standard issue, power mad megalomaniac. Um, he's got you know the Blood Brothers and and the Super Scroll and you know various other minions doing his dirty work for him. And uh, he was after the Cosmic Cube just because he wants to dominate. But I mean, there's not much making him. Thanos separating him from, say, Annihilus or Blastar or any of those, uh, any of the other galactic type um, megalomaniac villains that we've see that we've seen in Marvel comics up until that point. Oh, see, I, I read those. So I didn't know that. Yeah. I have to wonder when he became because when I read him in Adam Warlock, 
mm-hmm. you know, in the Strange Tales issues when he first shows up, mm-hmm. he did seem very much like the Thanos I know. Right. Well, I mean, he's he's scowly and he speaks, you know, like Thanos. But like I said, like I think the mythos was still developing. So I'm wondering when is that tipping point as we get through it. Uh, I'll be interested to find out where exactly is. where that tipping point is reached. So the story is called Damnation and Redemption. Or a Thanos Carol. Yes. I, I just reiterate that for reasons that will become clear by the end of the I, issue. I know what you mean, though. <laughs> and it takes. This starts off in New York City. Now, it says several years ago. Ah, uh, Marvel say, time. Yes. Gotta love Marvel time. So this takes place, like we said, at the end of Captain Marvel 33, yes. which came out in 1974. Right. So that's... Several years ago, and I like their vagueness there, although it's smart because at some other point he's talking about how he'll know about he'll it'll be a couple of years before he learns about the infinity gems mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. figures out how to use them even. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, so wow, not only is this supposed to be set quote unquote several years ago, but there's also going to be several more years before he even gets to Infinity Gauntlet, right? So which is still 20 years ago, right? So. The, the vagueness is actually appreciated because really I want to worry about the story. I don't want to be tying my my parietal lobe into pretzels trying to figure out the how Marvel time works because it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, really, it can't be under. T- I mean, just real quick, they always say it's ten years, but it can't be ten years. Mm-hmm. This has to be like fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. But still, well, in we'll universe. It, yeah, well, in universe to have it all make sense. But still, we'll let that slide a little bit. But yeah, Marvel time always amuses me when they play with it. Yeah. So we got Thanos standing on a rooftop clutching the Cosmic Cube while uh, Marvell in his uh, red and blue uniform streaks away in the background. Yeah, so it starts off with him monologuing a bit, but yep, in as caption he, boxes. As he as he will do. Yes, but in the caption boxes. Right, so, so he represents an internal monologue yeah. for Thanos. And I like this actually. It's one thing you forget. It says here, he's talking about how we, you know, his plan to get the cosmic cube and take over basically everything. Mm-hmm. And now he was he was at the point where he actually had the cube and everything he had been working for mm-hmm. for centuries mm-hmm. was about to be realized. And it's like, oh yeah, you forget they're immortal. So Thanos has been around for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And this is something we talked about in the last episode when the first issue of Iron Man, where they this whole backstory about Drax and Thanos having this epic war. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I really would have loved to have seen like a mini or a one shot showing that war. I would love to see stories that take place year hundreds of years ago. I don't know who else they would use, or it would just be Thanos, but showing like Thanos's rise to power. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know those the Thanos rising mini, but I thought that was more about his childhood and growing up on Titan and like how he became turned into you know from a kid to evil monster guy. Right. But I would love to see him going from like young evil monster guy to experience like, you know, the Thanos who... How he learned his trade of evil. Like when they show you stories of Conan the Barbarian when he's like 16, 17 and he's still getting his ass kicked more and, you know, women are tricking him more because he knows he's not experienced enough as opposed to later when he's like in his 20s, late 20s and 30s where he's you know, killing everybody, right. you know, banging everybody. And later still, when he's King Conan, yeah. uh, like, hating having to govern and wishing he was still kicking ass. and But knowing much more than, yeah. you know, probably being able to kick the ass of the uh, yourself. That's... That's that's another good that's a that's that's a good podcast for a different for another time perhaps. Yes. Uh Conan because that's a separate by Crom that would be a good podcast. Oh, yeah, especially the John Buscema the oh, Barry Winter Smith stuff. Yeah, no. Well, I I see I love John Buscema's uh uh Conan so much Savage especially work. when especially when inked by Ernie Chan. Yes. That uh Barry Windsor Smith stuff as good an artist as Barry Windsor Smith is in all respect in the world to Barry. 
I I resent it for not being uh, John Buscema. And actually, to drag this back to the Thanos annual here, yes. that's actually one thing Wait, I want to point out real quick is just um, it's nice for me to be enjoying Ron Lim's artwork in this uh, Thanos annual because for years Ron Lim was one of those guys, like uh, was one of those guys. For years, the only thing I thought about Ron Lim was the fact that I resent he. he my first exposure to him was when he would do fill-in issues of Excalibur. I and forgot at, about that. Right, like during the Inferno crossover. And the point is, is that my... And so to me, Ron Lim was an artist that I resented for not being Alan Davis. I could see that, especially in that period. You say Ron Lim to me and I have a negative reaction. So it was nice to be enjoying his artwork here in this issue because I think I've grown as a person and as a comic fan. And see, for me, this actually <laughs> works, though, because my first Ron Lim was actually... Back in the late 80s, early 90s, when he was on Silver Surfer, the few ones I picked up, uh, right before Infinity Gauntlet, when he be, was right doing the return of, drawing the return of Thanos with Jim Starlin. So mm -hmm. it kind of makes sense. That's my, one of my first Thanos is either Starlin or Ron Lim. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we go on to a Thanos monologue a little bit more. Oops. Yeah, sorry about the break here. Where Brian and I record, actually, we normally are left alone, but we actually were interrupted twice. So that kind of interrupt stopped the flow of the conversation a little bit. But hopefully it didn't screw things up too much. So we will be back to our conversation in a second. But here is um, here's a promo for you. Enjoy for now. The March to Victory. The flames of the Second World War burn across the globe. In the European theater of war, the Allied forces push back against the evil of Nazi Germany. And pushing our boys ahead at the front, no band of brothers fought harder and more ferociously than Sergeant Fury and his howling commandos. Marvel Comics immortalized the courageous exploits of Sergeant Fury, Dum Dum Dugan, Gabe Jones, and the rest of the elite fighting unit. Well, hell, heavens and Rocketroid, here they come now, Sergeant Fury! Look alive, you gold bricks! I'm not fighting the war by myself out here. What do you think we're gonna do when the Nazis actually show up? Come on, you boys, march! Wahoo! The Sergeant Fury podcast will follow those gripping stories of combat and bravery from the beginning. Join Brian Zeno and Dion Baia every other Monday as they dig into Marvel's classic Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos issue by issue with humor and historical insight. Wahoo! The Sergeant Fury podcast is available on iTunes and at furycast.podwits.com and is part of the Podwits Podcast Network. Face front, soldier! Wahoo! Alright, so Thanos is continuing his little monologue, and he's apparently throwing a building at Drax and Captain Marvel, mm -hmm. who he actually even says... Original he, Drax. At this point, we really do need yes. to specify, because there have been three right. basically different Draxes. This is the original Drax. This is the one where, if you listen to uh, episode 12, this is that same Drax. He's Drax skinny, the Destroyer, yes. but strong. And it's very smart. Invulnerable and, and you know, pretty much, obs like, does not eat or sleep or do anything but try to kill Thanos. Yes. But he's intelligent. Right. Very intelligent. Yeah, no, he hasn't become, he hasn't become uh, a Hulkalite Drax yet. Yes. And this is, we see Thanos chucking, it looks like a skyscraper at them. Yes. He has ascended to godhood. And I do have to give them kudos because at this, again, at this point, I know as... 
enough about the late 70s Starlin verse uh, comics to know that at this point, if you're going to be talking Thanos, if you're going to be talking Thanos, especially versus Captain Marvel, you have to have the Thanos as a uh, face made of light in space. Yeah, because basically... As opposed to his physical purple form. He's as close to godhood as he's ever gotten, except for the Infinity... You know, Infinity Gauntlet is the only thing better than this. Yeah, so so just the fact that it was... It's page two, and we already have, you know, a light-headed... Like, like, light... Head made of light Thanos. Yeah. I was very happy to see that. skyscrapers. Yes. And I like he even says he doesn't even consider them his real threat. The only threat he really viewed for his... Uh-huh. Rise to Godhood uh-huh. was the Avengers, uh-huh. which he had already had taken out. So mm-hmm. they're pretty much the last two left. I do find it funny that he's finding the Avengers his most, the worst thing in his past because mm-hmm. this is not the most powerful iteration of the Avengers. No, no. You're looking at the body strewn on the ground and it's uh, Captain America, the Scarlet Witch, Hawkeye, and also no, it's, Swordsman. Oh, Swordsman and Mantis Thor, and Thor. And the Black Panther. Well, four, I could see. You yes, got, you get the thing. You got one, two, three, four, five, six of them. Uh-huh. Four of them really don't have any powers at all. Uh, that would be Swordsman, Black Panther, Captain America, and, and Mantis. Ma- okay, okay. Scarlet Witch and Thor have powers. I'm yeah. not saying that Cap, you know, none of the others are a threat to Thanos. Right. But you need more than just four guys who can fight well and mm-hmm. then two people with powers. Right. Throw, you know, take one or two of these people out. Take out Swordsman and put an Iron Man. Right, exactly. And I can at least have a little bit more of a belief. And that makes and that's an interesting point because if you consider if you consider that group of Avengers a major threat and you don't consider Captain Marvel and the Drax the Destroyer a real threat. Really, I think we've just discovered part of the reason for that Thanos has not yet subjugated the Marvel Universe. He really has a, a basic flaw in his threat assessment uh, system. <laughs> yeah, well, they even say that in the next page that actually Marvel was more of a threat for him because he did not take into account the fact that Marvel now has cosmic awareness. Yes. And therefore has a bit more of an edge for him. And we see Marvel basically defeating Thanos by realizing that Thanos still was tied to the cosmic cube, the physical cube itself. Right, right. And by destroying it, he and that makes Thanos. And that makes sense, although I also have to, uh, I also have to uh, point out I was a little disappointed reading this uh, to discover, as this story sort of recaps, that this bit, uh, that this major, major, major uh, universe-threatening scheme of Thanos's was defeated essentially by a punch. Yes, the good guy. The good guy gave the winning punch, and but that he had to did know. It. But he had to know where to punch. No, I absolutely. Mean, if you didn't know that that was even still around, you wouldn't have looked for it. And right. this actually is something that which Starlin has put it up before later. So I think he's retroactively adding it in. Okay, for this whole issue is that Thanos's key enemy has always been Thanos. There's yes. always a part of Thanos that feels that Thanos does not deserve what he's trying to get, and always leaves a way for himself to be defeated. He always leaves it. He leaves an opening. Now it might be the Ooh, smallest of deep, opening, man. Deep. It might only be like you know a small exhaust port, two meters big, no bigger than a womp rat, mm-hmm. which you know someone has to use the force to hit. Mm-hmm. But it's there. <laughs> you know, no matter how much you think he's completely impregnable, there is a little spot. Now, like you know, it's not going to be an easy thing. You just can't walk up and poke him with a stick, and he goes, "Ow, I'm, oh, damn it, I'm done." <laughs> yeah. Although that is kind of how it appears at points in this issue, but that's that's different. Because we hear we have that you know the 
Marvel beats him. You know, Cube's destroyed. They think Thanos mm-hmm. is gone. Everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. And we see Thanos beaten to hell, floating out in space. And just despairing. It's very visually represented as Thanos's, uh the panels representing, Than- uh, showing Thanos. They get smaller and then finally they crack up and, and shards of panel with fragments of Thanos's image in them sort of uh, uh, crumble and fall to the quote-unquote floor of the page which is devolves by the end into merely a white background yeah he even just says here something within me broke i had come to the end of my story yes yes and but he is rescued by his remaining minions the two blood brothers blood brothers who rescue him and you know bring him into their ship and i like how they use them it's basically thanos's uh, brain and the two of them are pinky squared Yes, yes. I I find them much more entertaining. Their initial appearance in uh, Iron Man 55, I found them just kind of irritating, and they weren't much improved by their... Well, they're very uh, genetic. By, by, Generic. Right. They're just, by their, we're bad guys. Right, exactly. By their appearance in the uh, big punch-em-up in Marvel 2-in-1 uh, uh, with uh, the thing in Iron Man. But that said, uh, with the, the, the whole bit with them in uh, the Drax the Destroyer mini that kicked off the Annihilation event, yes. that... Made them interesting, and the Blood Brothers here uh, on these few pages in the Thanos Annual are very much to me of a piece with the uh, more entertaining Annihilation flavor Blood Brothers than the very generic Blood Brothers of the early 70s. So they've rescued Thanos, and then all of a sudden he vanishes from their care. Yes. (laughs) And I love this. What happened to Master Thanos? We lost him. (laughs) We're in big trouble now, aren't we? I, like I said, they're like Pinky. I yeah. love it. Oh, we're in big trouble now, aren't we? And then Thanos wakes up, and he is in hell. With Mephisto. Or actually, Hades. Yes, yes. Is it Hades or Hades? Uh, Hades. Okay, Hades, yes, I know. Uh, uh, the Empress, my wife, uh, 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 she used to say Hades all the time, and I'm like, no, 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 it's Greek. It's the, it's, it's the Greek name for the underworld, so... I always thought it was Hades, but I don't hear... It's not a word I hear often. Right, exactly. I read more than I hear it, so... It's. I always have to wonder every once in a while. Am I mm-hmm. thinking this right, or am I just, you know? No, it is in fact. Am I like, n- you know, no, and going, you know, no, 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 no. <laughs> make me look my own language. It is in fact Hades, and it's interesting here to see Thanos without his headdress, without yeah. his helmet. He's bald. You only ever see him with the helmet, and seeing Thanos without the helmet, even with the rest of his costume, with the shoulder this pads and whatever, it does make him. Uh, appear diminished to the eye. So that is a nice visual touch on the part of Starlin and Lim that I, I, I think is cool. Yeah. So he's there with Mephisto, and Mephisto basically is telling him that, oh, I like the standout test, I am damned. Yes. <laughs> he's, yeah. Most likely. Yeah. <laughs> but he's actually not there to damn Thanos. He and this is, wants this to is employ their, him. This is their first uh, uh, meeting. meeting, which is interesting to me because I hadn't really thought about their first meeting. I saw Mephisto hanging around being generally uh, uh, a Loki-ish in the Infinity Gauntlet. He seemed to be, which I haven't read, but I've sort of He's kind of Thanos' and, his bitch. Yeah, yeah, and he's he, he sort of hanging around being, being like, I don't know if you watch the show Continuum. I haven't watched on it On sci-fi. A great TV show. Recommend I've it to anybody. I've seen it on Netflix. It's, it's on my list. It's <laughs> a very, very smart TV show, which you don't get those all the time. Um, there's, a, there's a character on there named Kellogg, who is like the ultimate scheming weasel. All he does is sort of hang around the movers and shakers and try to find some way to attack... Like to attach himself remora like to the situation and benefit from it, That's, and that seemed to be what Mephisto was doing in the Infinity exactly. Gauntlet. From what I remember, basically, in, like everyone else is like, "Oh my God, we have to defeat Thanos," and mm-hmm. Mephisto's like, 
new boss. Yeah. How you doing, chief? And and so seeing them, their first meeting here and this, and seeing Mephisto being the dominant one and uh, Thanos as the submissive one, that's very interesting sort of reversal there. Yeah, because Mephisto basically says that within his uh, realm, he is the most powerful thing there. Mm-hmm. But because of a, a decree by the powers that be, yes. his might is diminished outside of his kingdom, so he has to employ agents to do things for him in other realms. So he's basically just, he's basically putting the re- minion recruitment street yeah. on speech onto uh, Thanos. Yeah, he's like, you want to go back and do basically do what you were doing more or less before, but you're doing but it for me. for me, exactly. You're, you're, you know? you, you're, you're a pretty evil guy. I need a thug. Help. Help me out, you know? Unfortunately, he's picked the wrong time because this is the very depressed Thanos. I, which, which it's difficult. Like, it's a little bit of an adjustment to read Thanos. Thanos is always so arrogant, so self-possessed, so sure of not just the uh, justice of his cause, but in his, like unquestionable ability to, to carry it out. And this is what he needs to do. Right. I Seeing th- him so defeated and depressed yes. is jarring. And I think, though, it works for me, though, because later on we see that he always has dozens of plans out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always many schemes. This was supposed to be, like, his first big one, and mm-hmm. it said he had spent centuries working towards it. Right. I think this is, like I said, this is his first big thing, and he got his, his first setback. Hit. Yeah. And he was like, What? Uh-huh. And then afterwards, now, all the future appearances, he has like 20 plans in the fire, and I'm yeah. doing this and this, and this works, and I can do this, but this doesn't work. I got this one and this one, and they're ready to go. And I think that's why now, later on, he can go through all these other plans and not be like this, because... It's, it's, a, it's, it's a teachable a, moment for young Thanos. It's the first time the kid who's home runs every single time, then he goes to college, and all of a sudden he gets struck out, and he's like, what? Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Although there's an interesting thing here on, uh, on, on this page, where he says that there are no page numbers, so we cannot refer to them by page numbers. Apologies, gentle listener. But there's an interesting thing here, where he's, he's basically giving his speech of lamentation, saying, no, I have been defeated. There is nothing left for me. And then he says after at one point, um, with such a first act, where does the play go from there? And I'm thinking to myself, at what point did Thanos encounter and internalize the concept of a play, of, 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 of performed entertainment? It just seems to me that entertainment in general and the concept of the theater would just be something so completely outside any of the experiences that Thanos would have that that particular statement just got me like it just took me a moment actually probably he was forced to because his father was basically the president of Titan and you suppose they have plays on Titan okay I could see that they're culture and they live for thousands of they're immortal so they have to have some kind of culture there okay I can assume they would have uh theater and like performance art and things like that i just i just thought i always thought of thanos a little bit of uh, i guess it's 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 because he has this craggy purple face but i always sort of thought of thanos as marvel's uh dark side so um i don't think of him as having anything in his head other than schemes and domination i don't think of him having uh something as prosaic as uh an entertainment metaphor anywhere in his brain (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I like both characters, but Thanos is, I mean, he's very much Marvel's dark side, but there's a lot of differences, and this is one of them, is that Thanos is more, uh, he's single-minded, yes, mm-hmm. but he also seems to have more, sometimes he has more interests than dark side. Yeah, I guess so, because there are all, a few points in this uh, in this uh, uh, issue where he, he makes, 
like little like humorous comments or at yes. least sarcastic comments, which I never before this encountered Thanos in my admittedly limited exposure like uh, uh, as having a sense of humor. Now, Thanos, of course, though, is the kind of guy who can do those kind of things and then turn in a second and rip your head off. Right, exactly, exactly. If it benefits him. Yes. Anyway, it was an, this was a very interesting page and a very interesting sequence to see him so thoroughly defeated, which I guess uh, Mephisto's having the same reaction as me. He's like, well, I clearly thought more of you, and since you have disappointed me, now I will kill you. Yeah, he blasts <laughs> him, and nothing happens because... He is being protected by... The ghost of Thanos' future. Yes. <laughs> Which Mephisto is confused by. He's like, how are you stopping me? Um, <laughs> and he actually, Mephisto turns into the alternate form we've, they've seen him in since like the late 80s mm-hmm. which is like the, the John Romita version John Romita Jr. version of Mephisto which is like this actually looks like a devil now where, where did tongue. where did he uh, uh, I, where did that debut I believe I could be wrong but I believe this version of him debuted when Romita was doing Daredevil okay they did a story with Daredevil against when uh, Anno Senti was writing yes. okay. okay and this is like a version of Mephisto who actually looks more like the devil the, the demon devil. Yeah, he just he gets all big and nasty. I mean, that looks like something out of Ileana's Limbo uh, exactly. uh, from X. He looks like a demon. More, yeah. Normally, Mephisto looks like what we consider the devil: red skin, red, red hair, hair, pointy ears, pointy yellow everything. Eyes. Yeah, but pointy nose, pointy chin. <laughs> Everything's pointy. This is an alternate version, and this is probably like a retroactive version because we've never. They didn't show this mm-hmm. back in the seventies. He just looked like nice lettering, by the way. Virtual calligraphy's Joe Caramagna here does some gorgeous. Uh, chooses a, a really uh, pleasingly uh, ornate font yeah. for Mephisto's dialogue, and I think that's kind of cool. And I love this. Mephisto changes, and he's huge. He's like twenty feet tall. He's about to destroy both versions of Thanos, mm-hmm. and the Thanos of the Infinity Gauntlet says, "Nah." Nope. Snaps his fingers, and all of a sudden, and this is the only joke I can think of about uh-huh. this to say. It's, it's nothing to do with recent activities. Mm-hmm. He went from infinite power to itty bitty living space. Yes, <laughs> exactly. He's in it. Looks like a soap bubble. Yep. He, he's just in, yeah in a little round cage, and and uh, I call it the Infinity Gauntlet. And this is one of those points. He, and he he's got a, a Thanos grin, which is very disconcerting. And he says, "I call this the Infinity Gauntlet." And it is quite the handy little gadget. Like, wow, understatement. That's that's very uh, human of you, Thanos. So basically, uh, future Thanos is telling the pe- the Thanos from the past about mm-hmm. what the Infinity Gauntlet is and mm-hmm. what the gems can do. Mm-hmm. Which, if you don't know, real quick, it, there's five gems. Six, six. I thought. Sorry, six. And each one gives you a complete control over time, space, power, reality, the mind, mm-hmm. or the soul. Right, the mind and, gem, the soul gem, the time gem, each and one. And with them to, all together... you got to catch them all with, and assemble them. And with them all together, you have control over all those things, which exactly. basically makes you God. And uh, I like this, actually. He says that when he became in possession of all of them, the time gem revealed to me that I would not have control over all of them for long. Mm-hmm. So what he did was there were certain things he was curious about in the universe or mm-hmm. in his life. Mm-hmm. And so he split off little, like, I guess you could say astral versions of himself using the time, you know, using the gems. So while he's in the middle of the Infinity Gauntlet crossover and fighting superheroes, these little avatars of himself are going through our different periods of time to investigate things. Mm-hmm. So he can learn, so at least he'll have the knowledge of that. Yeah, that's a very interesting uh, uh, conceit, and I, I, I'm sort of digging it, but uh, um, uh, there's a flashback scene here where uh, he's explaining uh, the, the, the Infinity Gauntlet version, uh, the ghost of Thanos' future, as I will call him. Yes. Um, he is uh, 
explaining that he was uh, fighting a foolish but amazingly courageous Captain America. It is a, but a ploy designed to deceive the Silver... Because he doesn't realize that the Silver Surfer is sneaking up behind him to deliver the sucker punch. Yes. Now, I just have to point out, just art-wise, uh, this panel, uh, Thanos uh, and Captain America fighting... It just appears to me the artwork, I'm going to assume it's still Ron Lim's artwork that he hasn't farmed it out to anyone. It just, for whatever reason, this one panel has a very uh, uh, Joe Matarera, Mike Waringo kind of vibe to me. I'm I'm not sure why. I can see the Mike Waringo, definitely. I'm not sure about the Joe Matt, but yeah, definitely the Mike Waringo. I can see that. (laughs) But uh, it just struck me that, that, and that's not a style I would have associated with Ron Lim, but there it is. And just, people change, it's fine, you know. So that's what Thanos explained to his pat self. Like I said, he's... Setting himself to different periods to look to investigate stuff, mm-hmm. which I like. It's a nice little add-on because from Infinity Gauntlet, because yeah, he became God, but all he did basically was just fight all the people that were fighting him. Yeah, and this yeah. is kind of cool. Like shows that he actually was basically God, and the fact that he was doing a dozen other things while doing that. Right, just being being as omnipotent as you never really thought he could be. Yeah, he says I split off a dozen avatars to investigate certain mysteries, mm-hmm. ones that have long intrigued me. You were the one personal secret I sought enlightenment on. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. It also means that at any period of time, someone can use a Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet. Right. Th- that because, opens up some possibilities, you know. Because apparently, and, and apparently the reason Ghost of Christmas Thanos, or Ghost of Thanos... Now, future, I like this, though. He explains, because you, you pointed out, and he says, you were the one personal secret like he's wondered about a bunch of different things but the only thing about himself he ever wondered about he goes on to say is how i managed to survive the loss of the cosmic cube has always eluded my memory and i'm thinking to myself what starlin is actually saying here is that thanos was defeated with the loss of the cosmic cube but then he cropped up again and we never knew why he's retconning for all he's worth here this is genius you know like revisiting it 40 years later like, way to go, Starlin, but man. The, That's cool. And yet changes nothing. Mm-hmm. That was right. Right, right. No, I'm not saying that he that he's not retconning per se, but well, he is, is going back is to this. retcon still yeah. because it's retroactive continuity. He's right. putting this back in there. Right, but so he's not going back place. and changing anything, but he is saying, you know what? 40 years ago, we never really even like addressed the question of why Thanos wasn't done forever after this. Yeah. And Thanos is saying, yeah, you know, I never did really know this. So yeah. I'm personally going back to find out what... <laughs> Yeah, so basically Thanos said he went back in time, and he saw him, his past self about to be killed by Mephisto, which he had no memory of, mm-hmm. and um, he rescued himself. Mm-hmm. And I like this. I now believe I am what you, go- I am what got you through this horrendous humiliation. One, one, might, yeah. one might call this the ultimate in cosmic self-help therapy. Yes. And then, of course... <laughs> Again, that's not a reference I would have expected, a tone or a reference that I would have expected from Thanos. But at this point, I'm, I'm buying it. I'm, I'm like, yeah, very cool. Very nicely done. It. Now, Thanos is sitting... The future Thanos is sitting on Mephisto's throne, yes, basically yes. playing with the ball. And with with Mephisto, Mephisto in it. inside it, yes. So I would love an anime version of this where... Well, like he's talking, you can see him like throwing the ball up and down. And you his just hand, hear this little, little voice going, <laughs> But I love how past Thanos is like, oh, so the gauntlet, everything you, all your powers from there, and you're supposed to lose it anyway? Uh-huh. Jimmy! <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like, you're like, okay, he's still Thanos. You know, he's, he, like, oh. he, hasn't become, he hasn't become whipped Thanos. No, he's still Thanos. He's nuts. It I should love it. be mine. So he's preparing to kill his future self. Yeah. The ultimate power. Who isn't now. even actually really there? Which, which the, the future Thanos has to sort of, uh, 
You know, I like this. And it, they wind up like sort of falling through time because this is the time gem. Yes. Um, avatar, as it were. And so they're following through. Now, this was interesting, though, because they fall through a few panels, like a Victorian-looking alien panel, and then uh, Tatooine, and then Ancient Egypt with aliens, and then all the way back to Cro-Magnon aliens. And, and I think is, it's all the same alien planet, too. That could be, because this is what this is what I found interesting, because when they finally land, the caption reads, Our wild ride came to an abrupt and unceremonious end on some anonymous prehistoric mud ball. And I'm thinking, if it's an anonymous mud ball... If it's another, if it's another planet altogether, prehistoric does that necessarily apply? Because that implies that there's a history that this is before, and that's why I think this is the whole timeline of this planet. Mm-hmm. Like this is they went from like you know, eh, this is this is this is the copy editor in me. I, I I have I have been trained as a copy editor, and sometimes and I get into this a lot on, my, on one of my other on the other podcasts. I do my Sergeant Fury podcast. Just sometimes, just little little grammatical things or whatever, just get right up my nose, and it's not really the fault of the writer. It's just because I am ridiculously anal when it comes to this sort of thing. It's this constant copy editor training. So I'm sitting here in my head rewriting this. It should have been on uh, the prehistory of some anonymous mud ball. Okay, makes you know, sense. but, but still. that's that's just me being a, a pointless stickler. Ignore the last thirty seconds of this podcast <laughs> and carry on with your life. But I will say, going with what you said about clarity and all that, mm-hmm. I like the fact that the, you can definitely tell the difference between the two Thanoses, even though it's the same yes. person. Besides yes. the fact that the Thanos who was originally our main character, the one from the Captain Marvel era, yeah. is obviously beaten because his. Uh, his helmet's off and his yeah. costume's ripped, but he's in full color. Yes. The Infinity Gauntlet Thanos is very uh, faded. He's, he's faded, faded, yes. You can definitely tell which is which. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Uh, 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 kudos, since I gave uh, VC's Joe Caramagna a shout-out a, a, a moment ago, we have to give a shout-out here to the color uh, uh, artists, uh, Dale Keown. And, now, yeah, that's Val interesting Staples. to me. That, that, no, that's cover artists. Yeah, oh, cover artists. I'm sorry. I thought that's color, a color artist. Val, Val Staples. Staples. Nice job. I mean, most of the time you're looking at color art. Like, color to this level and you know when we talk colorists here in this modern digital age you talk Laura Martin and you talk uh, um, I'm trying to think of some of the other big names uh, Justin Ponsor um, I remember I know I remember from X-Force was really good and I, I know Sonia Oback but I forget if she was a penciler or the color artist I, I, I am not sure but anyway the point is you know when when the color is employed to this uh, useful a storytelling employment. You really have to give uh, a shout out. So way to go, Val Staples. So they, they land and uh, Infinity Gauntlet Thanos takes basically wins because he uses the mind gem on the other on his yes. best self to basically yeah. make him stop. And yeah, promise to be a good boy. I am the master. You will obey me. Sorry, <laughs> so he little, makes him uh, early seventies uh, Doctor Who shout out there. <laughs> so he makes him promise to be a good boy. Mm-hmm. And then they talk a little bit more. Mm-hmm. About Thanos losing the gauntlet and eventually loses it to Nebula. Uh-huh. Which I have to point out, since I saw the Guardians of the Galaxy movie and loved the face off it in a way I have no words for, I have to say, this being my first encounter with the Marvel Comics version, the, the comic book version of Nebula, my first reaction was, of course, why is she not blue and why does she have hair? Oh, she's blue. She was, uh, I'm pretty certain she was blue. It's just because of the fadedness for the... Uh, oh, okay. But she has hair. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, carry on. Uh, yeah. That's a. Uh, but um, 
And he says, he basically says, once I lose the gauntlet, everything I've done with the gauntlet will stop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I will vanish, which is pro- which he says, they explain is why Thanos never remembered this happening. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's wiped from his brain. No, such recollection might easily throw off the course of our joint timeline. The ramifications of such a disruption could be catastrophic. In other words, hand wavy him. Yes. <laughs> but before that happens, because uh, the... That Thanos, Infinity Gauntlet Thanos, has apparently received a report from one of his other avatars mm-hmm. that there's some issues going on with the universe. So he takes his past self along for a little trip. Yes. And um, I like that he says, you must understand that we Thanoses are all quite mad. Yes, I like that he, like, it's weirdly self-aware, you know? We are what we are and we cannot help ourselves. As cunning and calculating as we strive to be, we live at the mercy of our insane urges. Great line, like nice dialogue, but also just the fact that he knows that he is, you know, bat guano insane. Yes. And he even tells himself, in the future, you are destined to play the hero nearly as often as you prove to be the villain. Was he, in fact, an actual member of Warlock's Infinity Watch? Yes, but he wasn't the one. He was the one that wasn't always there. Oh, okay. But he was it because the Infinity Watch counted as all the people who had the, Adam gave the gems to. Gotcha. He just wasn't there because it probably wasn't a good idea. Thanos socializing is not always a good yeah, idea. Yeah, no, you just just Thanos go be Thanos somewhere and else. Drax was there. Yes. Probably not a good idea to have Thanos. There. Yes, especially stupid Drax because that was big Hulk light stupid Drax. We had Dragon and Drax. So we had enough daddy daughter issues. We exactly. need more there too. Yes, exactly. Hey, yeah, okay, I got you. We there. need Gamora and Drax there yeah. too for daddy issues. Yes, exactly. So, Infinity Gauntlet Dra- uh, Thanos takes the past Thanos on a little bit of a trip to view witness of a few things himself. And once again, we get into why I um, uh, call this a Thanos Carol. Yes, and we actually see, and the reason why we're doing this issue for this podcast, we see the end of the Infinity Gauntlet uh, miniseries when mm-hmm. um, Adam Warlock has the Infinity Gauntlet. Yep. To the climax of what will become known as the Infinity Gauntlet Crisis, not to be confused with the Infinity Crisis, which is or Infinite Crisis, yes. which is something completely, completely different. And we have Thanos saying something here that I've said for a while on the podcast, because the past Thanos asks, "Who is the you know who is the Golden Skin Mortal now in possession of the glove? Uh-huh. His name is Adam Warlock, and he's destined to become your greatest ally, if not friend. Despite the fact that you're not too distant future, you kill him." I take it he does not remain dead. Again, the uh, like the dry understatedness of that is a great. But that's also the thing I've thought about for years with mm-hmm. Thanos and Adam Warlock is mm-hmm. as much as they're enemies, mm-hmm. they're also sometimes the closest thing they've, or at least Thanos. Adam is the closest thing Thanos oh, has yeah. had to a friend. Again, again, to, to, to get it to Doctor Who, it's why in the best of the 70s Doctor Whos, uh, the, the Doctor and the Master, uh, during the John Pertwee and, uh, years when Roger Delgado played the Master, seem to almost like each other because no one knows you as well as your best enemy. Yes. <laughs> and even for Adam, I would say, of course, that Thanos is not the closest thing Adam has to a friend because I would definitely put Gamora and Pip. Pip the troll, yes. Well above that. But Thanos, I think, would be – if Thanos would be on like, you know, he doesn't really have people he would consider friends. He has mm-hmm. maybe five friends, six. Thanos is on that list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He has allies. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he has many he would consider a friend or many he would just talk to. Right. And he's talked to Thanos just about any – like when Adam, whenever we have crossover things and Adam's there, like you know, especially the Infinity Ones, he's with the other people. But he's just telling them this is what we're doing or that's mm-hmm. it. With Thanos, he gets chatty. Yes, yes. They and actually have versa. conversations. Thanos gets chatty. They, get to, they talk about their feelings. Yes. And yes. I mean, not in a way where you're like, oh, they're sitting there cry, cry, crying and hugging each other and right. beating on the They're drums. not hugging it up, but they are bonding in a weird sort of way. 
and that's one of the things I've said before is that they're almost like a brother relate brother brother relationship. It's very sibling with them. Mm-hmm. They might be completely opposed to each other in different ways, but you get the two of them just together when they're not actually fighting, and they're they get along perfectly fine. Another lovely moment of self awareness on Thanos' part here, where he uh, where as uh, Infinity Gauntlet Thanos explains to past Thanos uh, that. Uh, uh, Warlock trusts one of the Infinity Gems to him, and uh, past Warlock, uh, past Thanos goes. This Warlock must be either a genius or a madman or a tactical genius to trust these treasures to the likes of us. <laughs> it's like he knows. You're right. What you were saying earlier about how Thanos um, knows that, like, feels some part of Thanos feels like he's not worthy. Yes. to succeed in these schemes of his and that that sort of comes through right there in that state. But yeah, this is when we we future Thanos is even showing stuff that hasn't happened to him yet. He's showing the future of what happens after Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. That we see the Infinity Watch for anyone who doesn't know was mm-hmm. after Infinity Gauntlet, Adam Warlock breaks up the Infinity Gems to different people mm-hmm. and they call themselves the Infinity Watch. He has a gem, Drax Destroyer, Pip the Troll, Gamora, Moon Dragon, and Thanos. Mm-hmm. And I like how Thanos is looking at the list of people and he's looking, he's saying, who? Me? Drax? Mm-hmm. Some troll? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Some troll? Yes, exactly. And then we see again now another appearance of, uh, they jump ahead to the Infinity War version mm-hmm. time period. Where they're fighting. Now, when, when, was the infinite, when did the Infinity War take place? About a year after Infinity Gauntlet. Okay, Gauntlet. so that was about 90, or still early 90s. Yes. Okay. Because... Infinity now, was Gauntlet that still ended. Starlin, or had yes. he... Okay. Yes. No, all three Infinity crossovers, mm-hmm. War, Infinity Gauntlet... A crisis, a gauntlet war, war, and then Infinity, which recently... No, not the no? recent one. This, uh, the other one was um, Crusade. Oh, Infinity Crusade? Okay. All were him. Okay, interesting. Yes. Interesting. So, we see him, we, uh, they see that, and then they even see Infinity Crusade, which is... Infinity War is Adam Warlock... War basically his evil side, the Magus, mm-hmm. took over. Which that that dated that that was originated in the Warlock of the late seventies. Yes, the the because I remember reading that the, the entire uh, Warlock run of the seventies, in, uh, in addition to him uh, uh, opposing Thanos, he was also uh, opposing this or, or like investigating or whatever this Church of the Universal Truth, of which his evil version Magus turned out to be a. Yes, uh, uh, and that's when Thanos and Adam Warlock first meet, actually. Oh, interesting. And okay. Thanos actually is on Adam Warlock's side there. That's okay. why they even play the hero as much, because there he's the, almost like the good guy, and the fact that the church is mm-hmm. that church is evil. Yeah, together you will defeat the Magus, yes. Yes, and that's even here in Infinity War, and then they show the Infinity Crusade, which is Adam Warlock's good side. Wasn't, weirdly, just a complete uh, aside, the other character named Warlock... Uh, the the techno uh, yes. organic alien from New, New Mutants. Mutants wasn't his father named Magus? The Magus, yes. The Magus. Interesting. I just I wonder I why never, Claremont. I actually never caught on to that. I wonder why Claremont felt like that was a uh, a thing that was good to do. I have no idea. No, I never thought about that. But yeah, because at this point, we're because at this period back then, Adam Warlock when he had the Infinity gauntlet decide the best way to be god mm-hmm. was to divest himself of all good and evil mm-hmm. and just be a being a pure logic so his the magus was mm-hmm. actually made physical form he was kicked out of adam's body and mm-hmm. the same thing with his good side the goddess mm-hmm. uh, his equally uh, overly good overly good other self the mad yes. ambitions of his overly good other self the goddess <laughs> a bit schizophrenic this ally of mine yes adam warlock has his problems <laughs> yes and then the next page 
What is that? What is that Mr. Mixiplick looking version of Thanos? Because I've never seen that before in my life. Head. It looks like a Hector Hammond or the leader. He has like a leader shape. Is that a head? It looks like actually it just looks like he's wearing a, a, a silly like uh, a nun hat. And he's kind of fat. Yes. I like that. This one is my doing. Yes. Clearly, because we have Adam Warlock helping with that. This is from, um, I believe this is from the Marvel The End miniseries. Okay. Which was Jim Starlin again. Okay. okay. And that's actually the people who were involved. He actually, I mean, granted, the people, Jim Starlin and a lot of John Lim were involved with these things. Mm-hmm. But they're putting the correct version. I like the fact that they have the correct past versions. Like when you saw Infinity Gauntlet, you saw Cyclops in his old outfit he yeah. had at the end of X Factor. And the vision was pure white. Yeah, and the Hulk had his Dale Keon hair. Yeah. Okay, and here is the other interruption. So, what the hell, let's throw another promo in here. Sound good? Sounds good. Welcome to the future, our future, and soon to be your future. Well, until the next retcon, or reboot. Welcome to the Legion of Substitute Podcasters, forged in the past by tales of the future, the Legion of Substitute Podcasters. And now, the secret origin of the Legion of Substitute Podcasters. You know, someone should do a podcast about the Legion of Superheroes. Yes. Yes, they should. We should ask the guys at CGS to do it. But aren't they kind of busy? Oh, no. It would be a great idea. I'm not so sure about this. I mean, they have the weekly podcasts they do. They are planning all their con appearances, setting up interviews with comic talent, scheduling the next super show, and restocking the bar for their next anniversary episode. Oh, come on. It'll be an easy sell. Let's go in and tell them about it. Wow, they are tough. What are you talking about? We never got past Tasha and the dogs. Choke. Now our dreams will never come true. No. Wait. I'm having a flash of precognition. Really? No. But we need a plot device to get to the point, don't we? True that. I see us talking across wide distances with other Legion fans. I see us doing it, Paul and Rick. Don't you see? We're the Legion of Super Podcasters. We can't be the Legion of Super Podcasters. We were just kicked out of the club. Then we'll be the Legion of Substitute Podcasters. One day we'll prove that we are worthy. Yes! We've heard that people have a tough time understanding Legion of Superheroes. It's hard to keep track of which lad, last boy or girl is which. And what the hell's a Xanthu anyway? Let us make that a lot easier for you. Join Paul French, Rick Croxton, Darren Noel, and our mystery Legionnaire for a fun ride through the history of the future. www.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com so we are we are ready to uh, ready to hit the home stretch here. Okay. So we were talking about the the end version, and that we liked that Starlin was using all the right versions of the characters. Yeah, I'm just saying, like like we said about the Infinity Gauntlet or Infinity mm-hmm. War, where you see the thing has his uh, weird helmet on. Oh, I see. I've never read that part of the continuity, so I, didn't I wasn't real- either. But I remember it happening. Or Wonder mm-hmm. Man's a big character there, Puck. Because, you know, Alpha Flight of Wonder Man, you know, have a series, mm-hmm. Wonder Man had a series. Mm-hmm. Or even during the end when it was uh, Spider-Man and the second Captain Marvel. Right, the one, Captain. yeah. The Peter David The version. Peter David Captain Marvel, yes. Which I also enjoyed a lot. I read one issue and remember enjoying it immensely and thinking it was a lot of fun. And then not um, uh, uh, reading any further. It was very strange. Yeah, and then the... I, then we go on with uh, Thanos going through more versions of himself and mm-hmm. Adam Warlock working together. Mm-hmm. It says, when he took out Galactus. And this is my favorite bit. Am I out of my mind taking on that cosmic powerhouse that asks past Thanos and future Thanos replies, disturbingly so. Would you like details? 
No, thank you. There's that troll again. Not very fond of trolls. Who is? I mean, it's I just, love that little like, bit. There's just a little bit of like kudos to Starlin too, because clearly Starlin is is repaying. Like Marvel is going to Starlin, and it's not just because hey, we want his name on this. It's like we want Starlin to be handling Thanos and that the Starlin verse corner of the Marvel cosmic uh, mythos. And Starlin, for his part, is repaying Marvel's respect for his uh, realm of creation, as it were, by not remaining stuck in a 1970s storytelling mode, but clearly stepping up his game to be a little more in line with a modern storytelling sensibility. And I like that, because a lot of times you think, you, you get these classic creators, and it's like they're, they're, they're too stuck in what made them classic well, creators in like, the first um, place. a lot of classic bands, or rock bands, where they'll be making new albums, mm-hmm. but it still sounds like, like they came out with in the 60s or the 80s. Right, exactly. But then sometimes you get somebody who does a song and you're like, that sounds current. Yeah, exactly. Um, one the, one thing I could think of, like a lot of 80s hair bands, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Even if they do something new, it sounds like they're 80s stuff. Right, exactly. But I will say, what's his name? Nikki Six has that band 6AM. I was and not I've, aware of that. I've heard a couple things of theirs that mm-hmm. actually do sound like it's current. I didn't even know at first it was somebody from the 80s until yeah. I looked it up. Yeah, yeah. At least that's my opinion of it. But I mean... It's something along the lines of that. He's actually being... He's keeping up with the times. Right, exactly. And he's making... The way he's doing this, he's making Thanos even more of an intriguing character, to me at least. Well, I'm he's enjoying cl- the character more because... Exactly. And Thanos is clearly getting um, a perverse kick out of uh, interacting with and needling to some small extent his past self. Because <laughs> at times, I love Darkseid. Mm-hmm. He's a great character. But at times, he's done a bit Jason-esque. Yeah, yeah. He has, I mean, obviously he talks more, mm-hmm. but he is still just, this is my goal and this is it. And to use the analogy, while, again, not exactly going as far as that character, Thanos mm-hmm. is a bit more Freddy Krueger-esque right now. Right, exactly. He's still evil and twisted, but he's having some enjoyment out of it. He has a sense of humor. You know, he has more fun with it. Yeah, exactly. He's having fun with it. And then Darkseid just does it because and that translates and that translates into fun and joy for the reader. Because right here, when Thanos he says, "I should assume I survived this encounter with Galactus," <laughs> more handily than you should. You are cautious. You are curious about your future deaths. Deaths. <laughs> it's, it's just yeah. This is like this whole like interaction is getting very very satisfying. One of my favorites is at the hands of Drax the Destroyer. You have favorites. Then they show from Annihilate, um one of the storylines where mm-hmm. Drax kills Thanos. Mm-hmm. But like that, he rips my heart out. Yeah, yeah. Many deaths, and it basically, uh, uh, Infinity Gauntlet Thanos explains to his past self that he dies many times and that he is resurrected many times because apparently the universe doesn't allow him to stay dead. Apparently, like the universe, the universe, eternity, I guess, or whichever one of the of the cosmic embodiments you want to chalk this up to, but some aspect of the universe feels like it needs to have a Thanos in it. Yes, and he's even said that about Adam Warlock. You mm-hmm. are apart from the norm. Mm-hmm. Oh, real quick, before because I wanted you to know this before you even read um, the Infinity Revelation graphic mm-hmm. novel. Mm-hmm. In all the different past appearances, look at how I like because this will come into play in the next one. Mm-hmm. Look at how Adam Warlock appears. Mm-hmm. He has he, the different costumes he's had yes. each time. 
Yes, because I remember his 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 uh, Shazam like nineteen seventies Power of Warlock costume. Now here we have the black Infinity Gauntlet costume with the red uh, uh, gloves and, and boots and the uh, the skull brooch, as it were. Yeah, and then uh, later That's still on, Infinity War in, in Infinity War, and um, then in the end he's gone to a more all red. It's actually almost like a combination because that, that's kind of like he has the tumic thing without mm-hmm. the lightning bolt like he did in the 70s yep, but the yep. black underneath. Yep. So just saying, just note that mm-hmm. because that will come into that. play in the next one. Okay. And I even like now he's showing him, oh, let's see, life and death. Yeah, Thanos is talking to himself mm-hmm. again. Life no. and death will truly have no meaning to or sway over you. Yes. In a strange way, you may boost of being more immortal than even the Asgardians. Yeah. And then he's actually showing himself a representation of a, many of the cosmic powers of yes, Marvel. Yes, this whole sort of cosmic hierarchy. Yeah, and he tells himself, I believe you will eventually rank somewhere in the middle. I, and I love that. It's like, because you'd think Thanos would be offended by this, but no, Thanos is actually like, truly? Cool. Like, he, he's yeah. kind of like, cool. I, and like, he's just happy to be included, which it's, it's an almost softness so to Thanos' characters. So we have four characters. of the big cosmic characters of Marvel. So mm-hmm. at the top, we have the Living Tribunal. Mm-hmm. Then underneath, we have Eternity and Infinity. Mm-hmm. The next one, we have uh, Love. Order and Chaos. And then Hate. Mm-hmm. And then on the bottom row here, we have Galactus, a Celestial. I believe that's the Inbetweener. Oh, yes, yes, the Inbetweener. It looks like Odin. Zeus and the Stranger. Okay. So that's, that is kind of the... So the Living Tribunal ranks above Eternity and Infinity in the yes. Marvel Cosmic Hierarchy. Basically, that's interesting to The Living to me. Tribunal is basically... Yes, because Eternity is the representation of the whole universe. Mm-hmm. Living Tribunal is over all the universes. Mm-hmm. Oh, in other okay. Words, in, like, if you have go to an alternate universe, like the... Uh, if, Marvel were, if Marvel were to produce a multiplicity, a multiversity map... Yes. ...of sorts... Yes. Basically, like, Eternity is representation of that universe, so therefore... Our eternity would be different. The eternity for the 616 Marvel Universe would be different than the eternity for, for the, the ultimate, ultimate universe. universe. Yeah. Or from any of the ultimate or the, uh, the any Marvel Zombies universe. Exactly. But Living Tribunal would is be, the Living Tribunal. So like Dark Side, there is but one yes. Living Tribunal. And from what is implied, basically for, it goes basically goes God's lips to the Living Tribunal's ears. Yes. It's basically God, Living Tribunal, then everyone else. For uh, context of that little exchange that Al just had, please check out uh, episode 5 of our Four Color Fanboys podcast at fourcolor.podwits.com. Carry on. <laughs> so, basically, the whole point of go- taking his past self a bit through a trip to the future is because mm-hmm. one of his other avatars, he had set- Thanos had sent out uh, to find out what happens to himself in the future, mm-hmm. uh, could only travel a few years in the future. Mm-hmm. Apparently, after that, there was nothingness. Yeah, just everything ends. The whole universe just yeah. ends. And like he says, there's a pile of corpses over there. Who's standing on top of it? Well, guess who? Yes. It's the, the fan it's the fan man himself. And this I believe is their teasing for the time runs out story that's coming up with Marvel soon. Oh, I you know, it's funny. I've been I've been picking up on the odd uh, dropped hint here and there. Yes, because the two Thanos even talking, he's the past Thanos says, So the time gems capabilities are limited. I do not believe so, but time might be. Yes. And that's yes. when we see him on Earth's moon, because he said, it's amazing how much of the problems of the universe evolve this little backwater planet. Mm-hmm. Earth. And and it, occur, it occurs to me, because um, that, being on the moon, of course, the first thing I instantly thought was original sin, because mm-hmm. of the whole mystery going on with the Watcher being murdered on the moon. And there's not many, actually, Earth characters on here in this pile. There's a big pile of bodies, but it's a I lot of I see a Shi'ar, and I see a Nihilus. Is that a Nihilus there? I see a Nihilus. I see a, bunch of Shi- a couple of Shi'ar, a bunch of Kree, a bunch uh, of scrolls. 
Thor. Drax. Drax. Who's technically an Earth man, kind of, yeah. sort of. The Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, Gal- uh, Gar- what is his name? From the Imperial Guard. Oh, uh, 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 G- G- uh, Gladiator. Gladiator. The Silver Surfer. Mm-hmm. A couple brood. Mm-hmm. And then a few other aliens I'm not really sure of. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then we see Thanos standing over them, and then everything goes to white. Mm-hmm. Like the universe. And then they're standing in the white, and uh, future Thanos, or, or Infinity Gauntlet Thanos, sort of sums everything up, and he says it's a vexing question. All of this is a vexing question that we have not, that with time running out, we can't, we don't have time to solve the mystery. Uh, another an- avatar is reporting that Annihilus is involved somehow, and now I'm thinking back to Annihilation. Actually, it even says here, details are unavailable presently. Mm-hmm. Editor's note. Yes. They will be in December when Savage Hulk number seven goes on sale. Now, is that the one that Alan Davis is writing and drawing? That is. So I don't know how that works yeah. out because that's ter- currently taking place in the past. No, exactly. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if that's all going to tie. I wonder if that's going to be in the past, too. Or if that, or if it's and it just occurs to me, time runs out. This is probably some sort of follow-on from all of the time damage that from um, uh, uh, Age, Age of Ultron. Ultron. But yeah, I'm wondering about Savage Hulk. Is it going to be still just a past Hulk thing, or is it going to be uh, one of those anthology books where, like, where Alan? I don't know. Is it always going to be Alan Davis or somebody else? But like, once this story's over, yeah, we're somebody else will come in and we'll get a different Hulk story at another time period. That could be. That could so be. So we'll see. Um. But and so there, um, Thanos reminds himself that unfortunately you're going to have to wait till this actually happens to so, find out what so, happens. So what was the point of this whole? Uh, oh, it was it was it was for Thanos. It was for Infinity Gauntlet Thanos' uh, uh, satisfaction. Yes, he doesn't give a crap. But about, also uh, for past Thanos, basically to get himself out of the dumps. Right. Right. To basically cheer himself up, even if he doesn't remember what happens, which we see when he tells himself, "I like." I like that he calls himself Titan. Yeah, That's, I bid thee farewell, Titan. You know, Be strong. Yes. And he sends himself away, and then past Thanos wakes up with the Blood Brothers again. Mm-hmm. And I like this. Master's feeling better? Better? Yes. yes. With that creepy smile. Yes. And he is ready because he says there's a vast universe out there in need of terrorizing. So it worked. Even though he doesn't know what mm-hmm. happened, he has basically gotten over his issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the last page we see the... Guess, inf- and your boy Warlock. Again? Yep. We see the... Uh, the Infinity Gauntlet Thanos talking with the Living Tribunal because he's saying, I just mm-hmm. want to see what's going on here. I just want to quietly observe the wondrous event. And, and the s- Tribunal's like, no, no, that's not allowed. And we see Thanos and Warlock in a newer costume. It mm-hmm. looks more like his Guardians of the Galaxy outfit that he had on a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Just standing there looking at each other. So something's going on with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically the Living Tribunal kicks him out. Mm-hmm. He's just like, sends him right away, no question. And he says, let the heavens take note and beware, for universal transmutation has begun. And then it's to be continued in the Thanos, the Infinity Gauntlet, uh, uh, Infinity Revelation. If you want to see what happens with uh, Adam Warlock so, and Thanos. So, very satisfying. But it really, this Thanos annual doesn't serve to advance much in the way of the storyline. It's really much of more of a Starlin is back. Starlin will be continuing the Starlin vs. Mythos and the Infinity uh, sort of things. Um, uh, stories uh, in the Infinity Revelation. So it's Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, Infinity... Crusade. Crusade, now Infinity Revelation. And you're sort of thinking to... So this was really more of a Cliff's Notes of all that has gone before, what you need to know about what has gone before in order to uh, enjoy the story going forward. 
and and the structure of it with past that future Thanos taking past Thanos and showing him the 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 Christmas yet to come. That's why I kept calling it a Thanos Carol. Yes. So unfortunately, um, not there was much else to do in the episode. Right, right. You know, that's that's uh, we we pretty much uh, chewed it through. I think good yeah. stuff. I I no, did you enjoy it? Uh, I I did actually not so much because like I said I think. Um, I will enjoy it more when I've had a chance to experience all of the stories that it grew out of in quote-unquote real time as I read my way through Avengers vs. Thanos, the Thanos quest, Infinity Gauntlet, etc., etc., etc. As I read my way through those, and now thanks to this, I've, I've thrown uh, that uh, short, the short-lived Warlock and the Infinity uh, uh, Watch series onto my list to read list. But um, well, was I correct when I originally told you that you didn't need to have read all these? No, because clues. this serves as as very much a as primer. a as a uh, a Cliff's Notes primer for all that is to come. And now I feel like I can spend the put you know lay down the cash for the Infinity Revelation graphic novel and uh, uh, not sit here and wonder if uh, if if I'm jumping ahead, jumping to the end of the book, as it were. So. Yes. So good. I'm glad. Now, unfortunately, we were gonna uh, we we're running out. We got interrupted a few times, so we're running out of time here. Yes, yes. Or at least my time with Brian. I'm yes. gonna finish up after Brian leaves later, and I'm gonna put on the Adam's friends and a few other things on there. Okay. But for uh, now, let's just say goodbye to Brian. And, uh, it's been it's been fun. Have me back on anytime. I uh, you know me. I'm always willing to talk comics, especially when they're as as rich and detailed as this one is. Um, really, really, that's one thing that attracts me to the Starlin mythos and has me, uh, continuing to, uh, hack away at the very extensive, uh, backstory, uh, in, that I've mentioned, uh, because it is, it's very rich and that means equals very rewarding Good. to me. Well, I'm glad so you So thank you, it. thank you for, for en- enhancing my enjoyment. And thank you for being here. And Brian, before you go, let everyone else know where they can find you. Ah, uh, yes. Well, uh, I am always on the Podwitz podcast at podwitz.com, P-O-D-W-I-T-S. And the Podwitz is now in the process of spawning a whole Podwitz podcast network. Al and I have, uh, for a few months, been doing the General Interest Comics podcast, Four Color Fanboys, which you can find uh, once a month at fourcolor.podwits.com no punctuation and also I've recently launched an issue by issue look at Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos that's Wahoo the Sergeant Fury podcast and that is located at uh, Furycast no punctuation furycast.podwits.com so uh, you can also check that out my voice is all over the place mostly talking about comic books so it's all good yes and links to both of those will be found in the show notes Thank you very much for having me, Al. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for being here. All right, I'll be back in a minute with the rest of the episode. All right, well, I'm back, and we'll finish off the remainder of the episode. Luckily, me and Brian got pretty much everything we wanted to say about this issue done already, even with our interruptions. So i only got a few things left to do, and then the episode's over. So first of all, where has this issue been reprinted? Well, really hasn't, because it's brand new. You can find it in one of the places that I'm aware of. Uh, you can find it digitally. It's available on Comicology. Uh, unfortunately, it's still full price at $4.99. Okay, now on to Adam's Friends. Uh, as you know, we cover, we go over the issues that Adam's appeared in of other series, and uh, we see where they're up to now. And um, literally, we're going to see where they're up to now because this issue of Thanos came out this year. So we're only going to be talking about Fantastic Four, Hulk, and Thor. 
because he really didn't appear in Iron Man, even though we covered an issue of Iron Man. That was Thanos. And Marvel Premiere is not being published currently. So, what came out at the same time as the Thanos Annual? Well, we have Fantastic Four number four from the 2014 series. The Fall of the Fantastic Four Part Four by James Robertson and Leonard Kirk. The Fantastic Four, reinforced by Ant-Man, She-Hulk, and Miss Thing, fight off and capture the new Frightful Four, Wizard, Wrecker, Bulldozer, and Thunderball. However, S.H.I.E.L.D. blocks them from entering the Baxter Building and hands them a court summons. We also have in the same month, Fantastic Four number 5, because Marvel is still doing that whole double shipping thing they do for a lot of their titles, which I am not going to get into right now, but I'm just going to say I'm not a huge fan of that. Anyway. Fantastic Four, number five. The Fall of the Fantastic Four, part five. By James Robinson, Mike Allred, June Brigman, Dean Haspiel, Phil Jimenez, Leonard Kirk, Jerry Ordway, Chris Amney, Durlis Sancuris, Jim Starlin, and Paul Rivoche. Apologies to anyone if I screwed up your name. The Fantastic Four are on trial for their past actions, and Jennifer Walters is their lawyer. Meanwhile, Doctor Doom defeats Count Nefaria to show Valeria that he can do good. The Future Foundation kids are transported to Camp Hammond, now designated S.H.I.E.L.D. Base Designation 4201, to be under Jim Hammond's care. Also, we have Hulk number 3 from, again, the 2014 series. Who Shot the Hulk Part 3 by Mark Wade and Mark Bagley. Huh. Mark and Mark. Banner goes to a dark place and could take the Avengers with him. Only Hulk can save Banner. But will he? After last issue's surprise resurrection, a new threat enters the scene. And finally, we have Thor, God of Thunder, number 22, from the 2013 series. The Last Days of Midgard, part 4 or 5, for Thor So Love the World, by Jason Aaron and Isad Ribic. Thor and S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Roz Solomon vs. Ulick the Rock Troll, Roxxon vs. Braxton, Oklahoma, and in the far future, the Goddesses of Thunder take on Old Galactus. But wait, where's King Thor? Haven't really read the Hulk series of this current run. Fantastic Four isn't bad. Really digging what I've read of Thor so far. So if you're looking for anything current to read, I would say check out the current Thor God of Thunder series. Alright, let's see what else we have to cover in this episode. Adam's powers, uh, again, he has the power of not really appearing much in the issue, so that was an easy one. What's wrong, Star Wars fans? Disney. Disney killed the expanded universe. They killed the whole thing. It's dead. Every single book. Not just the novels, but the comics. And the video games, too. It's like they're just stories, and Disney threw them out like stories. I hate them. Okay, Star Wars fans, relax. Here, have a Snickers. No one destroyed your Star Wars Expanded Universe. In fact, I'm going to give you a whole new opportunity to go back and explore all those books and comics that have helped to shape and mold this universe we love so much. Join me on the Star Wars Saga Cast, where I'll be walking through the various branches of the Star Wars Expanded Universe, much of it for my very first time. 
I'll be bringing you short episodes that review comics, longer episodes that explore the novels, and in-film commentaries, because you know you're just dying to hear what some random guy on the internet has to say about movies that you've seen a hundred times before. You know you are. So come along for The Star Wars SagaCast at thestarwarssagacast.com. All right, that brings us to the end of the episode. So if you want to, you can send an email to me at resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com. If you want anything you want to say about the episode or the show, you can also find me at a few other podcasts. I'm on Four Color Fanboys with my friend Brian Zeno, where we talk about which... Actually, Brian was just on this episode. And you can hear us talk about a multitude of random comics. You can find that at fourcolor.podwits.com. You can also find me on Podrec, the world's worst podcast, which we found on BuckOnStuff.com, in which Buck and I uh, talk about all things pop culture, movies, TV shows, comics, etc. Uh, basically, he best describes it as a podcast where two hosts stumble through a semi-structured sto- show like sorority slots stumbling home on a Sunday morning. That's pretty much accurate the way we are on that. And finally, the newest thing I'm on, the Invincible Ironcast uh, with Chris, Matthew, Chris Matthews, who you heard on episode 12 when we talked about Thanos' first appearance in Iron Man 55. And you can find that at invincibleironcast.com. And speaking of email, I just want to mention email we received from Adam Magus. So let me bring that sucker up. Okay, it's titled Warlock. And it says, I just finished episodes 0 and 1, and I'm hooked. I can't believe there's a cast dedicated to one of my favorite characters ever. Downloading all the other episodes now, and I can't wait for more. Keep up the great work. A cosmic fan, Scott. And he actually has a Tumblr page, infinitywatcher.tumblr.com. So, thanks, Scott. Appreciate the kind words. I also want to mention real quick, one of our earliest letter writers, Keith Mason, actually has a Guardians of the Galaxy uh, blog page. And I'm reading it, and it's pretty cool. So you should check it out at liverpoolmonkey76.wordpress.com. And it's actually spelled out L-I-V-E-R-P-O-O-L-M-U-N-K-Y. That's it, then. I will be back shortly with the Thanos the Infinity Revelation. Actually, I think I'll be back shortly. This episode should be coming out on the 31st of August. And I am getting married in just less than two weeks. So I'm trying to get in one more episode in before that, but I cannot guarantee your promise. If you've checked out the uh, Tumblr page, you've seen that I'm not posting as much as I used to because wedding stuff is just taking up time and distracting me. Hopefully after the wedding, everything will go back to normal. So I cannot promise we will have two episodes in September. And if we do, I can't promise they will be out before... Either one will be out before the 20th, let's say. But hopefully. So, if not, please keep that reason in mind and bear with me. Oh, I completely forgot. Yes, I just mentioned the Tumblr page, which is also where our show notes are, and where you can find links to all the uh, websites or podcasts I mentioned in this episode. And that's at resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com. Can't believe I almost forgot about that. I'll be back soon, everybody. Take care. Bye.
Resurrections, an Adam Warlock podcast, is a fan-made production and makes no claim of ownership over any characters or situations discussed in this episode. In fact, who wants ownership over Thanos? That sounds too dangerous. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peacelovedproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. Hi there. Oh, sorry about that. No, no, that's quite all right. Do that's what right. you got to do. We, uh, okay. we, we, we have audio editing technology that uh, is our friend. Yes. That's scary. I hope we didn't ruin a recording. No, no, no. Nope. Okay, good. That's why technology exists for us to fix things. <laughs> I'll write this down. Yeah, just put on a card or a few papers or something. Yeah, we got a little. I'll be out of your hair. That's there. We'll just, yeah, take a little break. And that's fine. Give him a minute or two. Yes. Do, 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 do. I'll see if I can find some music. Yeah. I know the was at the X cast they use the uh, Price is Right music. Oh, they do. Uh, oh, I found I found that um I found the the, the piece uh, that they use for the opening theme of Fantastic Cats. Oh, cool. It's um it you you're right. It was it was a pre-existing song and I and I listened to the whole thing and it's actually a really good song and I think it's called The Divine Comedy or something oh, that's like right. that. I mean, they mentioned it once. I can remember that. Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah, and so and I looked. I looked for it, and it was uh, most uh, most. Yeah, more of my notes actually more in the early, and then the middle stuff kind of skips a bit, and then mm-hmm. get to the end. So mm-hmm. okay. Sorry, guys. Okay. No, that's quite all right. Because mm-hmm. I reread the first watch, the watch book recently, and I'm like, oh, I forgot how much I love this book. Interesting. I never, I never read it. Is, is it very similar to the, the first film? one? Is there's a few things they take out, you know, they like were taken out for the movie, mm-hmm. but very similar. To Does the film. Book Fletch resemble Chevy Chase Fletch in in? Well, he's blonde. But, okay. Uh, but I mean, very much character wise, it's very similar. It's very similar. They're, they play. But, uh, he's actually Chevy Chase is a little bit more jokey. Mm-hmm. But Fletch is still in that vein. Okay. But yeah, it's very. That's that's a pretty faithful adaption. Okay. It's pretty close. Fletch Lives has nothing to do with any of the books. Okay, that was the second movie, right? Yeah. Which is why it didn't do. And well. Chevy Chase was in that yes. still. Okay, but it I, didn't do half as well. Yes, yeah. probably because they didn't have as good a story. Out they didn't have as good like a story. Books total. Yeah, why you couldn't have picked one of them to adapt? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, you'd think that. You'd think that. What was there was another. Uh, I think that's the way. I think that was uh, um, True Blood. As far as I know, True Blood does not follow the story of any of the Sookie Stackhouse books by Charlene Harris. Yeah. 
It's just the basic. Yeah, like they it. just took the characters and the setup and just created basically an all new plot line. So basically, from what I'm understanding from what they did for well, actually, what they did for Born. Yeah, yeah. If you read the books, um, you know, I've I've only the only Robert Ludlum novel I ever read was his very first. I got it in my head when I was in college that I was going to read every Robert Ludlum novel in publication order. I read the, and I read the first, and then I never read enough. I read the first three, <laughs> and I think I've listened to one or two of the other ones, which weren't by him; it was by the mm-hmm. people on tape. Like Eric Van Lustbotter yeah. did a, did a few, right? Like the, yeah, yeah. But the, yeah, the movies are very different. And the funny thing is, I'm fine with those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm still a little upset by the fact that apparently that's what they're doing for the Fantastic Four movie. Oh, is really? They're just going to make an original sort of? It's going to have nothing to do with it. They even told them, "Don't bother reading the books." Because how? They told the actors, "Don't bother reading the stuff because it's going to have nothing to do with it." Bye. How? How exactly? And it's going to be a found footage movie. Interesting. Because it's by the guy who did Chronicle. Okay. Which I've heard good things about. Oh, I've heard good things about and it, too. And my issue is even the whole fact that the, the guy who's playing the Human Torch is black. Right. I was just going to say, how are they going to explain, like, the sibling relationship yeah, I don't there? That's the only issue that I, I had. I don't care if it's step-siblings as long as they're siblings. I don't want... I mean, that's just one of the few things I'm like... For most things, I'm like, you know, like, when the X-Men movie came out, people were bitching, like, Wolverine didn't join when Cyclops... I'm like, what? You, want, you really yeah. want 20 movies of the original five in those crappy yellow costumes... Fighting the Vanisher. Yeah. In the next movie, they're gonna fight the Cobalt Man. Yeah. I'm fine with them switching stuff around, but yeah. picking, but that's picking bits of the mythos. Like, I don't want a love triangle between Johnny Reed and Sue. Right. You make it Sue Ben and Reed. I can live because that was kind of there in the very that, early. There's a issues. little bit more of that, and I'm fine with that a bit. But I can be deal with that, but not Johnny is. Re- don't you know? Don't change that much. Yeah, you see, uh, for me, my only issue with the, uh, and, and we will get back to this yes. in a moment, but my only issue with, with the casting of, of Johnny, I, I'm not, believe me, I'm not one of those people who's like, they can't change the race. Johnny Storm can't be, but Johnny Storm can absolutely be black. There but are when, some characters who could be, you anyone. know, but right, right. You know, hell, make anybody, you want to make, give me a black Spider-Man. I love Miles Morales. I, I would you know? love Donald Glover as Spider-Man. Right, exactly. I have no problem with that. That is not my issue at all. My problem is that when you take this iconic brother-sister relationship and you make only one of them black, that just really punches up the perception that it's the token black casting. Yes. You see what I'm saying? And that was my only and issue that with that casting. But like I said, at least with the sibling part, if they make him even step siblings, I'd right. be happy. If I'm his just mom, curious. If her to see. dad married his mom, right? And you know what? Do something different. Like I said, don't make like it a Brady be, Bunch kind of like, deal. Do something different. Don't make it be his dad marrying right. the mom. But go go because you see that more in the British maybe he was adopted or she was adopted. But you see that you know I've noticed that stuff. American shows whenever there's an interracial couple, black mm-hmm. white, it's always black guy, white girl. Yes. Half the time that when you're watching British shows, half the time it's reversed. Right. Have you noticed? And that's just last thing because we do have to. So bang if they're going to do something like that, I would be happy if they did that because that would be interesting. So the, the last thing I'm going to say, just real quick, have you, you've you've I presume you've been watching Doctor Who at least since the reboot. Oh yeah. Have you noticed that since the reboot, how few straight white couples there are on that show? Almost every couple that is presented is either interracial or same sex or both. Hmm. You know, really, Rory and Amy were one of the very, very few. I mean, you looked, you looked at Rose and Mickey. You oh, looked, yeah. especially at the in the early days. You looked at uh, uh, Fear Her, uh, the mother and the daughter. You know, the, the, yeah. the, well, to be actually to put in the same context though mm-hmm. for what they are, because mm-hmm. actually I'm going to put them in the same thing as as Amy and Rory, mm-hmm. even though you don't see them that much in the show. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I'm blanking her name. Um, oh, thank you. 
Martha and Mickey. Martha Straight, and, yep. both black. Yep. But they weren't together, were they? Yes, they got married at the end. Oh, they did? That's why I said they weren't there much, but the very last David Tennant episode, when he goes through everybody and meets everybody again. Martha got married to... Mickey. Oh, Mickey, not... Yeah, Mick, Mickey? Yeah. Rose, Rose's, Rose's ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. So I would put them in the same category yes. as... The, the, as um, as uh, Amy and Rory. The runaway bride when we met Donna, she was marrying a black dude. Yeah, and so. the guy she married eventually did marry yeah. us too. Yeah, But, yeah, so. I didn't even notice actually. Just, it's, just in, it's just there. I never no, noticed No, right, it. and it's fine. It's fine. Oh, I, yeah, just, I, no always issue, had, right? I always had this sense that Doctor Who viewed itself as a venue for advancing... Uh, that 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 sort of um, uh, thought process in society, and they really put their money where their mouth yeah, was, and I thought I that was a very that. cool thing. But I would put Amy you and Rory as the same thing as Mickey and you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, for sure. Like and like things. For but sure. I just think my thing was just let's not you know it doesn't always have to be let's not go with the stereotype of the black guy going for the black white girl. Right. Why, not, right. why can't a white guy you know because like you tell me I can marry Martha. Right. Exactly. I'm like okay. I wouldn't mind marrying Martha. Anyway, back to the thing. I'm not going to love this episode. <laughs> And then here for infinity. Oops. <laughs> Regardless, we're looking at ceiling damage in the We'll be glad. Yes, she will. Hey. She's been looking at these stains, imagining them as different shapes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when she's at the desk. <laughs> I'm like we're near the end at least. Mm-hmm. We're getting near the end at least. Okay, good. So, so we don't need. Yeah. Let me just. Uh, okay. We need that much time. This is where I'm standing now. It's called the outer office. Okay, and you can see. That's just confusing. Hmm? That's just confusing looking. What? With all the the lines. Yeah, I used to like type like, dip 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 dip, and uh, taught me that if you swipe from letter to letter, it's much more accurate. You know, because it doesn't assume you're 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 picking the specific letters. It'll suggest like words, and it just I've I've gotten very used to doing it. So, uh, ba-da-ba-da. I'll be right back. I'll just so pick up the mail. So okay. I'll be right back. Formulate your thoughts regarding the remainder of the uh, cast. Yeah. <laughs> Bring the mail. Shit, sir. That's my wife. That's my wife. This, this. You know what you have to do now is bring both, actually, and just... Yeah, no, I'm not... Believe me when I tell you that it's it's more than my life is worth to pull that. <laughs> uh, see, I like a little on the edge. <laughs> okay. But this. Unfortunately, it's an instinct that my swimsuit says, don't poke the bill. Yeah. Poke the yeah. bull. I have a stick in my hand. I go, where? Poke the bill. Yeah, it's to find, find the bull and... and... <laughs> where? Where is it? Okay, let me get all this stuff ready to toss. Okay. I might as well use this wisely and sort of plug in my stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you can just email it to me, I guess, after that? Yeah, I'll, I'll take it home and I'll just upload it to my uh, to my DreamHost web space and then I'll just email you a link. Okay, and and you can use the link to download it and then when you, you let me know when you've, when you've got it safely and then we can... Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 and then I'll, I'll delete it from the space and save the uh, space. Yep. Perfect. Thank you.